Welcome into the PHNX Cardinals podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Hungry for a big win this week? DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game. And if they do, you win $200 in free bets. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. It is that simple. Just remember to use the code PHNX when you sign up. Johnny, how's your uh, hump day going? It's going fine. It's going just fine. When you're six and zero, what can go wrong? Following this Arizona Cardinal team, uh, especially with a one and five Houston Texans team en route to the desert this Sunday, so doing well, all things considered. I don't mean to throw Gerald under the bus, but he like big day for the Suns, home opener, and he <laughs> That's he, ran out, he ran out of gas on the highway on the way to. <laughs> Uh, shoot around this morning and so his day got off to a horrible start I really hope for his sake that he's rebounded since oh nice uh, pun there I I did not know that um that sucks I'm sorry that I that I have that reoccurring dream where that happens to me where I'm on the, my way to the stadium and like my car breaks down or I get a flat tire I get stuff in traffic so sympathies to Gerald that's uh hopefully not a not an omen for the sun season this year <laughs> all right well what our friends, if you cannot lean on them when you're moving to a new state. So Zach Ertz out at practice today. He said that uh, Jordan Hicks hooked him up with a realtor to help find him a house. But in the meantime, he's staying with his friend Justin Pugh. So they're having a big old sleepover until he gets himself settled. Um, and I, I think the fact that he has some connections is probably going to make the transition to a new team after spending you know eight plus seasons in Philly. Um, you know, and, and, and coming here midseason, a little more, a little more seamless. Yeah, totally agree. And if you listen to his comments and if you've been following the Zach Ertz drama as I have and you have for the better part of six months, it feels like he was fully expecting to be traded not only within the season, but many, many months ago. He thought he was going to get moved in the offseason. The Cardinals had conversations with Philadelphia, as did Buffalo. Um, as did the L.A. Chargers. So I think he had mentally prepared himself to be moved and probably thought he had already played his last game as a Philadelphia Eagle. And then they kind of jerk him around this offseason. They don't know if, you know, quite frankly, he's going to take a pay cut. He says, I'm not taking a pay cut. Uh, I'm healthy. I'm ready to contribute. So they keep him in-house, that being Howie Roseman and company. And the Eagles predictably struggle. And Ertz, you know, while not factoring into that, he's played relatively well. The rest of the team just, you know, specifically defensively has not looked good for the Eagles. So at two and four, it just made sense for them to to pivot off an asset that will be a free agent at the end of the year. And so if you're Zach Ertz, you're like, hey, I've won a championship already. I fulfilled, you know, the promise that I made to the city when they drafted me that I was going to be a high contributor. Now start the second chapter of my career, just like J.J. Watt, where I'm going to go and I'm going to compete for a championship on a team that wants me here. You know, the Cardinals heavily recruited Watt in the offseason and basically had to court him into coming here by signing him as a free agent, you know, getting Blake Shelton and Frank Caliendo involved. While the Cardinals, to a lesser extent, were able to trade assets for Ertz, Ertz had to essentially okay the trade in the, in the sense that he would be an active participant and wanted to contribute on this Cardinal team. And you've heard him you know, speak on this before that it's a team that intrigued him. They've got ties here. Of course, his his wife specifically has family ties to the desert. 
He played football on the West Coast as a collegiate athlete, University of Stanford, so or Stanford University. The so Cardinals. And now he plays the for Cardinals. the Cardinals. There. That's right. And he mentioned the, the red jersey. So I think that this was a match made in, in football heaven. Uh, again, I don't mean to keep harping on it. It's just a move I thought they were going to make in March or, or April. And the fact that we're sitting here talking about it as an acquisition midseason is pretty cool. So he did talk about, um, you know, the fact that, you know, he wanted to come here and, you know, the Cardinals undefeated have an incredible amount of talent and he's not so much worried about what his role is going to be um, as long as, as long as they keep winning. So here's what he had to say. A lot of talent in the skill position room and I'm just excited to be a part of it. Obviously, me, AJ, and D-Hop have been pretty much number one receivers our whole career. Um, and so I'm excited to play with those guys. Um, there should be a little more space in the middle of the field, which I'm excited about. Um, and it should be fun. That's the, I mean, for me, all that matters is winning football games. And all three of us have had a lot of success individually in this league. And the most fun thing that I've been a part of is winning a Super Bowl. To me, that's what things that's separates all the other seasons that I've played. I've played eight years here, fit, completed eight years in the NFL. By far the most fun I had was when we won the Super Bowl. And so for me, it doesn't matter how many balls I get. All I care about is winning football games, and that's why I wanted to come here. That's the exact type of player that you want to add to your locker room. He just wants, yeah. the, wants to be out there for the greater good, only cares about winning a, a Super Bowl. And we've had high praise for all of the you know receivers – specifically DeAndre Hopkins because he's he's their top guy um but but really all of them were nobody has complained about getting touches uh, I think they have five guys on their roster though that have 20 or more catches which is really impressive so uh, yeah. you know there's a ton of weapons but Kyler's doing a pretty good job spreading the ball around and Zach Ertz I'm so excited to be able to watch him on Sunday uh see what Cliff is cooking up from his from his living room because he's still in COVID <laughs> protocol, so he's working he on is. the game plan from home virtually. Vance Joseph joked today that he's he's got so much time on his hand that he's sort of being a scientist right now, which can be good and bad, I think, with Cliff. Mad scientist, uh, yeah. Mad scientist, yeah. I don't I don't know if he's gonna like try a few things out because a they're the Texans and they're seventeen and a half point favorites, and maybe they've got a little more leeway to do so, and then he's got more time on his hands to come up with some creative things to test out. That'll also be an interesting thing. I think where he's really going to be able to solidify his role on this offense is in the red zone specifically. You know, outside of A.J. Green, the Cardinals don't have a lot of size on the perimeter. I mean, Hopkins is right around six foot. And, of course, Kirk and Rondell Moore underneath are sub 5'11 guys. So you bring in this target who's 6'5". He's got a presence about him. You put him on a matchup against a linebacker, even if safety He's going to be able to out-physical those guys like he has his whole career running down the seam. Uh, I just think that what we saw from Dan Arnold last year, you're just going to see that uptick to a new level. And th this is all due respect to Max Williams. And I want to make sure I emphasize you know, how critical he was to this franchise and to this team, so much so that the Cardinals felt like when they lost Max Williams and the impact he brought on this offense, they had to go bring in an all-pro, a pro bowler at the position to, to rectify that, to remedy that. I think you would have gotten your answer as to what the Cardinals thought of the tight end position had Max gone down and, you know, with all due respect to Daryl Daniels, they would have rolled with what they had in-house. They showed you now, hey, 
we value the tight end. We we believe we have to have a plus tight end, specifically as a receiver, to get this offense to where it needs to be. I, I think that the acquisition of Ertz, this team is on a trajectory right now of competing for certainly NFC title game appearance, a Super Bowl. You get Zach Ertz and his his pedigree in part because of the leadership he brings, just like J.J. Watt. But in the offensive side, and when you need tough t- uh, tough targets and, and tough yardage, when you're playing the Dallas Cowboys in the divisional round or the Green Bay Packers or Todd Bowles' defense against Tampa Bay in the in the playoffs, which is now their mindset, they won't tell you, but that, that that's what they're thinking of, specifically Steve Kime. You need a guy that can move the chains on third and seven, third and eight. I love Rondell Moore. I love Christian Kirk. They've never played postseason football. A.J. Green's never been out of the first round, right? Hopkins has been to the uh, AFC Championship game, but that's it. Kyler's never been to the playoffs. Now you have a guy who with Nick Foles, Nick Foles won a Super Bowl over Bill Belichick and had the game-winning touchdown in the process. You just can't put a price tag on that. Yeah, and something that also came to mind, we had this discussion earlier, certain players can be you know, recruiters and all of a sudden, you know, you've got, you know, this person on your team and this person wants to play with that person. And then together they call, you know, call this guy or, you know, and it's sort of a trickle effect. And I think we see that in sports often, especially with championship caliber teams. And I saw that with the Suns last year. And I think we're starting to kind of see that with, with the Cardinals that this has become a place that players want to play. I mean, you don't just get, guys like JJ or, you know, even AJ, I mean, there's so you could go down the list and then now to Zach Ertz. I mean, you just don't get, I'm sure Zach had his, his fair share of options and you just don't get a guy mid season like that, that says, you know, this is, this is where I want to go. I, I see a, a Super Bowl caliber, but caliber team in the Cardinals. And, you know, I've got, some friends here and I respect the heck out of, you know, the, the quarterback and the talent that they have. And all of a sudden it's become a destination where star guys in the league want to play. And I think that's, that's awesome. I, I, I think people should really sit back and, and just take a minute to observe what's going on with this franchise. Great point, Cheerston. And I think that, you know, for as much as, you know, unfortunately players like, Patrick Peterson attempted to taint this franchise and the culture that they have here en route to their exit because they're disgruntled with money and the GM players want to come here and play with Cliff or Kyler Murray and play for Cliff Kingsbury. That is evident, right? You don't get DeAndre Hopkins to sign an extension when he could have maybe had more options and more money in free agency. If he didn't think that this team is where he can prosper both on and off the field. And we've seen that be the case. A.J. Green, first day of free agency, he signs with this team. Clearly, they had been courting him. J.J. Watt, to your point. Now you've got Jordan Hicks, who, I mean, has there been a singular player that's been more valuable under the radar than, than Jordan Hicks has been for this Cardinal team? You make the I love Jordan Hicks. <laughs> and he went from, hey, guys like me on Twitter are like, hey, you can save X amount of dollars if you cut Jordan Hicks. Why, why are they keeping him around? It's temptation for um, Vance Joseph you know, go ahead and release him, save some money, do this with the money. Now he's playing at a high level at two sacks last week. And in part, he's, he's also recruiting Zach Ertz to want to come to Arizona and compete for a championship. The culture around this team, and I've wrote about it on numerous occasions at gophnx.com, is just 
we have a I have trouble. I don't know about you, Cherson, absorbing it because it's so different than what they've had in the past. I know they've had periods of sustained success and they won before, but those felt kind of like flash in the pan. Certainly the Warner years with the two years in the postseason and that was it. This feels like they're building something that's sustainable, knock on wood, for the next five to ten years. Yeah, and one thing that stood out about Ertz is we all know that he took the trip to Cleveland over the weekend. He was exhausted emotionally, physically, uh, but still decided that that was the best move. And it showed a ton of leadership and it showed that he's determined to jump right into things. Uh, And on the way back from Cleveland to Phoenix, uh, he had the opportunity to sit next to Kyler on the plane. They chatted it up and here's what Ertz had to say. He's a phenomenal player, first and foremost. I think that speaks for himself, the way he's played. Uh, but just getting to know him, um, I feel like the best quarterback tight end relationships that I've had start off the field. And so it's important to get to know each other off the field so that you can start trusting each other on the field. And so it was literally just getting to know one another. Uh, where are you from? Talk about your family. Um, and for us, I think we were able to connect immediately just off shared experiences um, he's a great dude and obviously a phenomenal football player. Considering the circumstances and you come into a new team this season, was there any worry of how you were going to click with him? And is there sort of a sigh of relief or just encouragement that you guys got uh, along so well? I mean, I think I'm a nice guy, so I, I wasn't too worried about it. Um, but obviously it speaks volumes about him that he kind of went out of his way to make me feel comfortable and welcome here. You know, he didn't have to do that. Um, but I think it just speaks about his leadership as the quarterback of this team that he wants all the guys to feel comfortable here. Um, and so obviously I'm very appreciative of that. And we did hit it off right away. I wasn't doubting that he was a nice guy, but come on, you're the new guy, you know, that can be a little nerve wracking, you know, trying to, you know, figure out how to build relationships and, and, and who likes what and who has this personality and whether or not you're going to fit in, you know? First of all, I'm listening to that clip that I had heard previously, but I didn't have the contest. I'm like, who's asking that thoughtful question? It's Cheerson Suzell's asking that thoughtful question. I think it's spot on because we just talked about it. Max Williams was and is beloved in this locker room. And now you bring on a guy, by and large, that's not familiar with a lot of it, especially the younger players in the NFL. They know his reputation, probably drafted him at some point in fantasy football, but you do maybe have some doubts of how is it going to gel with the com- chemistry that we have, right? And we're 6-0 and for a reason. I, they just have to look at it as added reinforcements to solidify this roster over 17 games rather than short-term six games. This is a big-picture, long-term move. And people have been asking us on Twitter, like, what's, what's Zach Ertz going to do this weekend? What's his role in the offense going to look like? Well, it's going to happen organically over time. I, I can't sit here and say he's going to have – 30 plays run on Sunday and he's going to have 10 targets. I mean, it's probably not realistic. I would just say temper your expectations a little bit because again, this is, this is a play for when you play the LA Rams later this season in Arizona, when you play the Dallas Cowboys on January 2nd, this is not a, with all due respect to Houston, I feel like I'm dogging on Houston all week, and that could hopefully doesn't come back to bite me. But well, that's what that's what happens day. when you're a 17 and a half point underdog in the National Football League. I mean, you get that's dogged true. on. That's true. But I, I'm with you, Cheers. That was a great point. Just because, like, you don't want to mess up the chemistry. And I think to Ertz's credit, he's like, 
I just want to come in and win and be a cog. And I'm sure they vetted his personality backwards and front. All they did in the offseason was bring in high character guys with Watt and James Conner, people who are beloved in locker rooms. I, you know, Zavin Collins was a was a captain, academic All-American at Tulsa. Like they knew the kind of players they were bringing in. And kudos to them. Their culture is, I, I think, second to none right now in the NFL. Yeah. Props to Steve Keim. It means to as a fan and as a somebody that, you know, talks with players and gets it gets a chance to kind of get to know them a little bit um in a in a media role, I tend to be the biggest fans of the teams that have just good guys, just good guys that you want to root for that are funny and entertaining off the field. And, um, you know, I'm a sucker for those kinds of teams and the Cardinals are that team this year. They've got guys with incredible character, great personalities. They, the type of guys that are going to build, you know, a tremendous culture within the team, but also build relationships with with the fan base. So, props to Steve Kime for going after guys that you know he knows are, are going to be a right, the right fit and just all around good guys and and hardworking guys too. I think that's the other yeah. thing. Like my goodness, every single one of the, the additions in, in this in this year have been just really, really hardworking guys. Yeah, no one's coasting off their ability, right? And I think there's a competitive aspect to earning your snaps. We talk about all the interchangeable pieces offensively, but you look at somebody like the defensive line, where when healthy, that's a unit that's got five to six guys that they feel like could be starters on a given Sunday. I look at two players specifically from this past weekend's victory in Cleveland as not having an opportunity to showcase until this point Jordan Phillips and Devon Kennard, who we banged on for reasons of availability or if it's canard it's because he hasn't been effective and he, i think he's like the fifth highest cap hit on the cardinals and they came in and played great football sunday and you know you just again guys like watt just g- make everything glued together so everybody understands their role and vance joseph to a greater extent that you can come in and, and contribute and have immediate success no one player is playing on an island for themselves for a contract mm-hmm. I mean, those things are important, but you just feel like there's there's a there's a determination to accomplish the greater good, which is number one. Let's let's prove the NFL wrong that we were picked fourth in our in our own division, and, and let's remedy what we couldn't get done last year, which was falling apart down the stretch. That is wild to think about. So I just tried to pull it up um, on the DraftKings sportsbook app. I don't see it, but I'm also not as proficient as well, some other people might here. be. I was trying to find I was just trying to find if there was any sort of uh bet that involves like that fun bet. Oh, no, okay. Like I was wondering if he was already in there or not, and if there was a, a way that maybe you could uh stack a same game parlay with Zach, or if that what doesn't exist yet. So it's called what we're looking for is called an anytime touchdown with Zach Ertz, um, which know. you can bet on. Let's see if I can find this here in real time. Um, so I put you I've on got the spot. Game, you are, but that's okay. Game props. I just I'm getting like team props, and I don't want that. I don't see where like the here we go. TD scores. All right, give me one minute. I found what I'm looking for. 
This is not good podcasting for everybody. I apologize. <laughs> but if well, you can follow along with us on the DraftKings Sportsbook app while we attempt to do this. Okay, it's not working. I definitely know you can do it though. It's just I'm 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 blowing it on this on the spot here. But you can do it. All right. So the I uh, the reason I ask is because we we all know by now with same game parlays, uh, you're always gonna get a bigger payout. And Johnny, through your advice, I realized that since the Cardinals, if you want to bet on your team, uh, you know, you're not really gonna get you're gonna have to bet a high amount of money for a low payoff. So yeah. Not the not the move you want to make. So if you do want to place a bet on your Arizona Cardinals, it's probably best to do same game parlay, which you always get a bigger payout anyway, the more legs that you add to it. Uh, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. If you have not downloaded the DraftKings Sportsbook app yet, just remember to use the code PHNX when you do so. As always, 21 and over, Arizona only. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. New customers only. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. And can I you mentioned this. Go ahead. Can I say something real fast? Absolutely. So I'm not incorrect. So because the Thursday night game has not taken place, uh, they prioritize the Thursday night game to get those individual scoring props out. And then after the Thursday night game on Friday, all those props will be available. So I knew there was a rationale. So they're not available until Friday when Shane and I do the bet show and we talk about props. We do that on a Friday and it's always there. So that makes sense. So only right now you can do Denver uh, and Cleveland for individual player props. Understood. That's why I couldn't find it either. All right. All right. We sorted that one out. Uh, Before I move on, we announced this yesterday, but if you missed it, I just want to make sure that we're getting the getting the word out. We have officially partnered with Bird Gang Travel and as a collective group, also partnered with Lola, the Lola at Westgate out in Glendale for a live event next Thursday for the Packers game. We're going to be out there doing a pregame and a postgame show. Uh, It's going to be all sorts of fun. And I looked up their menu their food looks absolutely delicious, so really I'm probably going to have one of everything while we're there. Yeah, that's that's fair. That's fair. I would say that I'll probably try to uh, match you plate for plate, uh, especially <laughs> since I can't partake in a lot of alcoholic beverages because I have to go to the stadium and hang out for a little bit. But on the flip side, when I come back, that changes things up. I already told my wife, I said, I'm leaving the house at 1 o'clock, and I'll probably be back around 1 in the morning. It's a 12-hour day. Wow. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move on to to a temperature check of sorts with the Cardinals rookie class. If you need a little reminder, that was Zayvon Collins in the first round. Second round pick was Rondale Moore. Fourth rounder was Marco Wilson. In the sixth round, they picked up Tay Gowan, uh, as well as outside linebacker, at backer Victor DiMuchegi. And in the seventh round, James Wiggins rounds out the 2021 draft class for the Arizona Cardinals. So we're about six weeks in, six and a half weeks in. So I think it's a good time to kind of revisit how the rookies are doing. And um, I guess, you know, were they they good picks, bad picks, or indifferent? Can you leave the graphic up while I talk by chance? Sure. Because I... 
I, I I like to be able to like to visualize the players if that's if that sounds weird. I'm just gonna start talking. So um do you want to go back and forth between the players? You want to start with round one, Zavian Collins? Yeah, let's start with let's go in order that they were drafted. Perfect. All right. So I'm gonna give Xavier Collins a, a solid B. Uh he's looked the part, he had a really good preseason. He's the victim of circumstances with Jordan Hicks playing great football and Isaiah Simmons. When he's played, he's been very effective. He was the highest rated defender via pro football focus last week against Cleveland. Right now, it sounds like his shoulder's a little iffy. He is practicing. I think that we'll see the best from this young man later in the season, probably November, December. But there's been nothing to believe, led me to believe that he's not going to be an effective inside linebacker. So I will give him a solid B rating. Um, It's hard because I feel like he has the potential to grow into a super solid player. But the fact that, and this isn't a knock on Jordan. It's just the, the way that everything unfolded just leads me to believe that he could not beat Jordan Hicks out. And um. I think he still has a ton of, of growing to do, but we're still seeing him out on the field. And um, I think if, if Steve Kime hadn't made the comments that he did uh, right after he was drafted, I would view the situation completely different. But um, yeah, I mean, I would probably give him a B as well. Um, I think he's going to be a really good player for this team. And uh, at some point he will earn more playing time and, and we'll see more of what he's got. I like that, and I also like that Vance Joseph has been much more flexible getting all three inside backers on the field this year. Um, and I think that that's a good place to be if you're Xavier, so you're not having stretches like Simmons had last year where you're just not playing for weeks on end. Um, so I, I think he'll be fine. Uh, and again, that's a position that you can easily translate to at the NFL level. Uh, it's not like cornerback or maybe offensive tackle that needs a ton of reps and refinement. I think he's he's a plug and play guy whenever they do opt to give him, you know, 90 plus percent of the snaps. But uh, let's look ahead to round two cheers and I'll flip it to you. Rondell Moore picked 49, kind of came out of left field when they made it, uh, certainly has uh, exceeded my expectations. What about you? I'll tell you what the national media knows who Rondell Moore is and the national yeah. media doesn't like to give credit where credit is due when it comes to the Arizona Cardinals. So the fact that every time I turn on the TV, they're giving Rondale Moore some credit. He, the young man has had a tremendous impact uh, on this Cardinals offense. He's a burner. Uh, he's, he's so, he, he, he's swift. He's fun to watch. And I would give him an A. I, I'm not an A plus maybe, but a solid A. I will give him an A as well. Uh, I didn't love the pick when they made it. I was like, more small guys. And I knew who he was in the pre-draft process. They they passed on a couple players that I liked that I think will still be good pros, that being Pratt Fryermuth of um, Penn State who went to Pittsburgh. I was like, they need a tight end, right? Uh, even way back in April. And then Terrence Marshall, who was a big physical outside receiver, uh, from LSU, went to Carolina a couple picks later. And, of course, the Cardinals added Zach Ertz and added A.J. Green, so now they don't need those positions, and they can just say, hey, Rondell Moore, be electric. So I will give him a definitive A as well. I didn't like the Zayvon Collins pick at first. It is now, you know, now I understand it a little more. 
good for them. I'm all for it. I didn't particularly care for the Rondale Moore pick as well. He's certainly proved me wrong in that regard. But one yeah. pick that I did like was the fourth rounder, Marco Wilson. I think they got a steal. I watched him, you know, playing in the SEC and and knew the reason why he dropped to the fourth round and felt like this young man had a ton of potential. And all it took was, uh, you know, a player just deciding out of the blue that he was going to retire and the Cardinals not having a ton of depth at corner. And Marco Wilson got his shot, made the most of it. And he's been a phenomenal player in the defensive backfield for the Cardinals. They wanted Jalen Horn. They wanted Patrick Sertain. Neither of them sniffed the teens. They were gone in the top 10. And at that point, you're like, please don't reach for a corner in the first round. Then they don't. Then Asante Samuel Jr. goes before Rondell Moore, so they pivot. I, I think it, it it's going to make or break this class because he has been so special early on. You just forget he's a rookie watching him out there. He was D'ing up Odell Beckham this week and had a pass deflected. This is where drafts go from, hey, that's a good draft. You got a Pro Bowl or your first-round pick hit to like, hey, that 2021 draft that the Cardinals had, that's that fueled a Super Bowl run. That made them competitive for the next three to five years. That's the kind of impact because it's not only that he's effective, he's making no money. I mean, Marco doesn't want to hear this, but he's making no money for the next four years of his career. That's how you build a championship team. That's exactly, you have to have those guys that are on those relatively small rookie rookie deals and are, you know, going to be a starter for you. And then you bring, stars to you know around them to uh you know to help elevate the team but every championship team has those guy those cheap guys that are on rookie deals that yep. really prove themselves and steve's had the hardest time finding impact players or even contributors on day three of the draft so you go into day three and you're like can they just get somebody that's going to contribute and then you start seeing in preseason and in camp, like he's running with the ones. And I'm like, oh, no, that's a detriment to what they have. Corner is going to be a disaster. And it turns out it's one of the strongest position units on the team, and he's been fantastic. So he gets an A as well. Yeah, I agree. I'd give him an A. Um, also, I wanted to to throw out there 23 tackles, a forced fumble, and two passes defended by the rookie. Pretty, good. pretty good. Had an interception taken away against the Rams too, which was – Oh, uh, Yeah. That too. Peter All in the right. chat says he was a shoe in to start after Butler left. I see what you did there, Peter. Well done. <laughs> hey, at this point too, Marco Wilson will fully embrace the fact that that was part of his past and will joke about it. And I think we all can joke about it. Just like Zayvon Collins could joke about the fact that he got a speeding ticket and fans say zoom, zoom when he's on the field. Listen, if you can learn from your mistakes and also make fun of yourself for making those mistakes. I'm all for it. Marco's probably not a Cardinal if he doesn't throw that shoe too. So I know probably goes much higher. It all works out. All right. So in the sixth round, they picked up cornerback Tate Gowan, who we know is no longer with the team because he was a part of the Zach Ertz trade. Uh, Did not. He was not active in any game for the Cardinals. Um, So, it's from from that perspective, you can't really grade him. But the fact that he was able to get the Cardinal Zach Ertz, yes. I would say that's an A plus. It's an A plus. I was gonna ex- exactly mirror your response when you draft a six round pick and he makes your team on a team that you feel like is loaded with talent, especially in your secondary at safety and cornerback. 
And then you think about, hey, another team wants that player. Probably they, they, you know, Philadelphia, Howard Roseman looked at the preseason film from the Cardinals three games and they said, we like Tay Gallon. We want him as part of the deal for Zach Ertz. That's an absolute, it's an A plus, shrewd move by Steve Keim. If he goes on, I hope, you know, we, we've talked about him before on this podcast. We hope he has a long, illustrious career in the NFL. He's like the nicest guy, follows everybody on Twitter, interacts with Cardinal fans, had a nice message for, for the Bird Gang once he left. Um, and now you have number 86, Pro Bowl tight end in the desert, in part because of how serious he took. If he had not taken his development seriously, who knows? Maybe that was the cherry yeah. on top to get this deal done. He, he was not a throw-in player. That's a great point. That's a great point. And he was he was a guy that was so excited just to have the opportunity to play in the NFL. And he took advantage yeah. of that fully. Had he not, and had he not had the character or uh, you know, the personality and the drive to to do that and, and to take it seriously, then you're absolutely right. That trade may have never happened. So A plus. <laughs> All right, also in the sixth round, outside linebacker Victor Demukeji, who I believe got his first action on Sunday versus the Browns and <clears throat> recorded a tackle, uh, but we haven't really seen much of him. I will go incomplete for both Victor and James Wiggins just because, again, we haven't seen enough of them. Wiggins has actually been active uh, because of the, the injuries that they've had in the secondary uh, so I, I guess the best part you can say about both of these players, Cheerson, and I apologize skipping ahead to both of these guys, but I wanted to lump them together. They made the roster, uh, they made the final 53. And so if, if you have an opportunity to learn from Vance Joseph and this coaching staff for a full calendar year, right. And you're, you're dressing with these other players, you're building camaraderie and you're gaining this experience. You could be the next Dennis Gardeck at outside linebacker, right? You could be the next Charles Washington at safety or Deontay Thompson at safety. So uh, it's it's promising that this entire draft class made the Cardinals and the Cardinals are 6-0. I think that's the best compliment we can give them. I would say it's so much better than drafting four receivers and having none of them pan out for you. That's true. That's very true. <laughs> I think I know where you're going with that. <laughs> Uh, so overall, a great rookie class so far and uh, really impressed with, you know, what the first three picks have been able to do. And, and you know, Tay Gowan, what, what he was able to do even without even stepping foot on on the on the field during a game. So kudos to Steve Kimes, kudos to, kudos to the Cardinals and all of those guys. All right. Uh, just a reminder once more. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app using the code PHNX. If you bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game, and if they do, you're going to get $200 in free bets. So pretty good chance the Cardinals are going to win on Sunday. Don't want to overlook yeah, them, but pretty good yeah. chance. And if yeah. you bet $5 that the Cardinals are going to win and they do, you're going to get $200 in free bets. So you can't go wrong with that. You know what else you can't go wrong with? Manscape, <laughs> manscape.com. Cheers. And I was eating my lunch today and food was getting caught in my beard. And I'm like, oh no, I've become one of these hobos that does not shave his face. So I ran into my bathroom and I grabbed my weed whacker and I grabbed my lawnmower 4.0, which is the ultimate trimmer for face body grooming. And I just went to town for like 15 minutes, I felt way better. So manscaped.com, promo code PHNX, if you want to feel 
as ready to go as I do. You're going to get 20% off site-wide, free shipping. It's a special offer, but you have to have to use the promo code PHNX so they know we sent you. That way, you're going to benefit from the 20% off, the free shipping. Load up at manscaped.com. They got a ton of great stuff. It's only the tip of the iceberg. Well, we are all benefiting by uh, your fresh look tonight on the podcast. <laughs> what, what does that mean? <laughs> oh, had to put I'm up with my beard in studio you, yesterday. You said you said you 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 know you kind of trimmed it up a little bit. You, I did. It yeah, it, I was eating my Greek yogurt, and I'm like, what is, what has happened to me? And so I was like, I need. I told my wife, I'm like, I need to go into the bathroom for a little while. She's like, what are you doing in there? And I'm like, I'm shaving my face. Relax. <laughs> Is that how marriage works? <laughs> Sometimes. Most of the time I just get yelled at and I come and hide here and do these podcasts alone <laughs> with you. All right, let's move on to our final segment. The Bird Gang Blitz Mailbag. We asked you on Twitter if you had any questions for us. And here's what we got. We'll start with Anthony. Who has a better game this weekend, D-Hop or J.J. Watt? Well, great question. Houston's missing Laramie Tunsil at left tackle. DeAndre Hopkins is going to be wanting to be force-fed targets. I just think it's easier for Watt because he's going to be unleashed every snap, whereas Kyler probably distributing, give what your defense is giving you. Who knows? It could be a big day for the running game. I'm going to say Watt. I think Watt, two or three sacks, I don't think is out of the question. I feel like I feel like we say that every week and he just got his first sack in week six. But. Well, this is different, but yes, I he's been so close. Like how many maybe or almost sacks has he had? Probably like ten. Yeah. Yeah, probably. Probably close to double digits. I agree for all the reasons you just said. JJ Watt for sure. Um, and then also just because you never know. I mean DeAndre Hopkins has been phenomenal and somehow has yeah. had multiple games with multiple touchdowns, even with yeah. so many, so many weapons and and with Kyler spreading the ball so evenly, but um, especially coming off that performance on Sunday uh, and all things considered on the other side of the ball with the Texans, I would say JJ is going to have the bigger game. Mm-hmm. It's also his, oh, before we move on, it's, it's also his first, um, like he just left. Yeah. And so I feel Houston. And so I feel like nobody's alluded to it. And ever, you know, people were asking about it today, uh, you know, whether or not JJ or D hop or giving off any sort of indication that there's going to be emotions running high returning yeah. to Houston. Um, and everybody's pretty much said no. And specifically when it comes to JJ, that all they've heard is, you know, things pertaining to what the Cardinals are doing on, on their side of things and, you know, winning football games. So we have not spoken to JJ Watt. So we don't know, you know, from his mouth, what he's feeling, but he was just in Houston last year. And so I feel like emotions are going to be running, uh, whether he admits it or not, they're going to be running a little bit high. Fair point. Totally agree. All right. So what is I Blake M 10 says, how do we not make this game a trap game considering the big Thursday game against Green Bay? Well, I'll start with this because I don't even think that we even give the phrase trap game a second thought when it comes to this Cardinals team anymore because they've they've proven that they have the maturity to and the mental toughness, the resiliency. I mean, how many 
situations have they overcome throughout this season right. so far that shows that, you know what, I just don't think they're phased by that. I think that yeah. they realize that they play in the National Football League, that they've got a target on their back, that any team can lose on any given week in this league, and that they have something really special that they've created. It almost becomes a situation like the more games they win, you know, 4-0, 5-0, 6-0, hopefully 7-0, it's like, guys don't mess this up like look what right. we're doing we haven't lost a game yet that now is not the time to overlook anybody and I, I just don't think that the cardinals are, are built that way I, I i don't think trap games will exist for them totally agree uh you you said it perfectly i think that this franchise has greater expectations than whatever happened last year i feel like they played a lot of games especially in the second half not to lose and they didn't have that aggressive nature to them and now we're seeing a team that if they don't not only beat you but embarrass you like they did to Cleveland, like they did to the Rams, then that's a disappointment for them. And everybody wants to point back to the Jaguar game. Well, they won that game by double digits, and then they want to point to the Minnesota game. Minnesota is very viable offensively, and Mike Zimmer is a good head coach. So I, I just think that – and plus Kyler Murray didn't play particularly well. That game should not have been close. To me, I, I almost think they're with you, Chirsten. They're trap game proof at this point especially with number 99. I just, I don't think he allows that to happen. It's the culture shift that we're banging on every week. Now it's just, this is just a different team with a different dynamic. Uh, especially when you consider Watt and Hopkins played for Houston, like nobody's overlooking this game, especially with their head coach still out. Oh, I know. Which is crazy. I mean, I would assume that yeah. they have a game plan set in place not an actual game plan, but a, a plan set in place if Cliff returns and a plan set in place if he doesn't return. And multiple people are probably doing multiple jobs right now. And um, nobody's nobody's feeling like this is going to be anything easy right now, especially with their head coach out. So, Yep, totally agree. All right. Lewis, Adam, something. Do you want to take a Basically. crack at that, or do we move on? Lewis Adam Adamajatis. Okay. Adamajatis. Majat Adam All right. Something like that. Good job, Ronnie. <laughs> uh, Zayvon Collins' snaps have diminished against better teams with more complex schemes recently. Given the relative weakness of the Texans, will we see far more of Collins this week? I'm going to say no because he's limited right now with his shoulder. Um, I think that barring something unforeseen, this is a matchup. I, I like the the Houston Texans don't do anything well. They don't win the football well. <laughs> they don't throw the the ball all over with a bunch of targets. I mean, they've got one or two capable players on offense. Um, I think that they're going to want to rely on the guys they've been playing consistently. I understood increased snaps for Xavier when you when you think about Cleveland, you think about San Francisco. And those teams just wanting to play smash mouth football and run it down your throat with Houston. It's just like the Cardinals are probably just going to go with their base defense and then adjust as the game goes on. Now, if Mark Ingram goes off, they try to get David Johnson, former Cardinals, some touches out of the backfield. Maybe, maybe you throw them out there. I just like this defense It's number two in the NFL in, in points allowed at 18.2. Like it's the best defense I read today through um, six games since they moved to Arizona. It's they're playing historic football defensively. So I just can't mess with what's working. I love Sabian. Shearson knows it. I want him to play, but it's like, well, you, if it's not broke, don't fix it. I agree. And you just reminded me if there's anybody that might have um, 
the a most vendetta, maybe moto yeah i was gonna say motivation but vendetta is probably the bigger word there it's um it's the cardinals former running back who was a part of the deandre hopkins deal and has not panned out so far with the texans true true all right julian asks concern on cliff still being in COVID protocols just because the spread is 17 and a half doesn't mean the Texans couldn't still make it a dogfight. Texans come in with a lot to prove. They were, they're searching for their first win since week one preparation issue equals classic trap game. So, so a lot of, we have a lot of questions about, about trap games. Well, you know, if we're if the fan base is worried about it, you know the Cardinals are concerned about it too. <laughs> and that's not a that's not a knock on the fans. It's just like if the Cardinals are talking about this being a trap game. I mean, listen, the Houston Texans, this is a talent-driven league, and the Houston Texans just lost to the Colts 31 to 3. They lost to Buffalo 40 to nothing. They got blown out by the by the Carolina Panthers 24 to 9, right? They beat the Jaguars yeah. week one in Urban Meyer and Trevor Lawrence's first start in the NFL. That's it. Now, I will say, you know, against the limited offensive Patriots and Bill Belichick, they almost won. They won 25-22. But Houston's got a lot of former Belichick disciples and coaches and front office people on the team. So that makes sense. Like, if you're getting boat raced by Carson Wentz at the, uh, and the Colts offense, which has looked like the walking dead all year, this is just <laughs> the Cardinals are going to be able to sleepwalk their way into a double-digit victory. I just can't. Unless Kyler Murray goes completely rogue and just turns the ball over left and right, and they don't take it seriously, they're just they're too talented. They're too talented. I name five players for Houston. You can't. I bet you can't. Not you. I'm just talking to everybody. Right. Yeah. No. I I completely agree. This the, the teams are just not even close when it comes to the talent. Like just not even close. So this should be another win for the Arizona Cardinals. And um, Johnny, my uh, my dog Newman is at his dad's house, and I have to go pick him up. So, I can you come pick up my daughter too, who's screaming <laughs> on the other side of this door? By the way, if you can't, yeah, hear I've been hearing her. Again. Poor Frankie, she's just a devil tonight. I, what can I tell you? But you're excited <laughs> to pick up your dog, I'm assuming. <laughs> I am, yeah. So I was gone for like five days, and Newman was at Grandma and Grandpa's and had a blast. Um, and I haven't really yeah. seen much of him, so I'm gonna go pick him up from his dad's house and uh, snuggle with him. Awesome. Well, enjoy that. It's been a pleasure. I look forward to hanging out with you and Frank on Friday night. Yeah. Likewise, if you guys have not subscribed to our podcast, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcast, uh, be sure to do that so you don't miss anything that we do. And then also, if you're not fo- following us on social media yet, do so PHNX underscore sports on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And we will see you guys on Friday.